Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing grants and funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I'm creator of WeGo Consulting and Amazon best-selling author for wish-granted tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. Want to get more grant writing and funding resources, books, and online courses? Visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com or wegogrants.com. Check out our free templates. Or if you have any grant writing or funding questions, you can always send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-W-E-G-O at gmail.com. I'm excited to hear from you and to try my best to answer any questions so that you can increase your funding and impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. And the reason behind that has just been, um, you know, working with one organization, well, a lot of different organizations, but one big organization I was working with, um, we actually brought out Vanessa Williams and her band, uh, the lovely uh, singer, actress. I mean, just amazing. Um, she came out. Uh, there, so there's a nonprofit I'm working with, the Stay Well Guam Diabetes Foundation. And uh, diabetes is huge in the island. So they were kicking off their foundation, which was founded in 2015, but really just bringing some noise. So I've been working with them doing focus groups, needs and strengths assessments. Um, So a lot of the things that I've actually been talking about through this organizational strategic planning kind of segment for the podcast, I've been also doing with them. So it's been really cool just to see, um, you know, that all rolled out with this organization as I've done it with other organizations, but always just to see how it really does work, the stuff that I'm, I'm talking about, you guys, <laughs> the organizational planning really does work. But of course, we also coupled this, you know, what we're doing to find that to really articulate projects and everything. We also had a fundraising awareness campaign going on simultaneously, which often happens, you know, you have a few different balls rolling at the same time. And that was, of course, having a big gala, looking out to corporate sponsors. So a lot of corporate sponsors um, through this. So it's not just always grant writing guys but it is diversifying your funding strategies and that's what I've been doing with the Stay Well Guam Diabetes Foundation is we've been reaching out to the corporate sponsors in our area and saying hey um you know, we would love for you to be a part of this, to be a part of our annual projects, but also, you know, to really look at this gala specifically where we were bringing out local speakers to actually talk about the different types of diabetes. We put together a film, um, which is really cool. So a short film detailing the different um, specialists and different just people, you know, the barriers and sharing their barriers and their strengths, um, people with diabetes, um, family members of diabetics, all of, all of that to really bring the stories and to share those stories really on a level that can have a lot of impact. Um, And of course, Vanessa Williams, her grandmother passed away from diabetes. So she was sharing from that perspective. And of course, um, you know, bringing her into the door and, and listening to her performance with her lovely band was also a way of getting corporate sponsors on board and to really raising a lot of awareness. All eyes on Guam were on that event. So it was really cool to be a part of that and just to kind of see that. So anyways, I have to, you know, we all got to share our wins, right? So that's kind of what I've been working on just to let you know that was a lot of work. But anyways, I want to bring it back because 
because um, as we're looking at projects and we, you know, our last podcast, we really identified the needs and strengths assessment. And then we were talking about the resources. What kind of resources do you need when you're identifying your projects? Um, So we looked at the different money, you know, what kind of money, but it's not really only about money. Remember, it's also about the time. How much time will it take to create these projects if you have different ideas? Um, And also the manpower, right? So you're looking at different realms to say, okay, what's needed? We have these different ideas that will address our projects, but you know, what, what's the really the best one to focus on? So that can help you with that. So today we're going to be talking about evaluating projects. Let's get into it. So Holly, why should I evaluate a project and why are we even talking about it before we just start the project? Can I just make the project happen and then look back at it and give my review of what worked or didn't work? All right, I hear these types of questions when nonprofits may just want to move, right? Heck, I even ask these same sort of questions when I was just starting out as a grant writer myself and starting out doing projects. But, you know, we, we are all pressed for time and ready to go. This might seem like the most sense. Just let's just do it imperfectly. You know, you hear that mantra a lot these days. Do it imperfectly and get it done approach rather than spending a bit more planning time. And I totally get it. I sometimes get the over planning it too many meetings syndrome. But projects that will really make a great impact to meet the numerous needs in your community, they aren't a simple blog of imperfection just to get it done and published. All right. They have they have deeper re- repercussions and should have major impact on your beneficiaries to make change happen. All right, we want to see change makers, right? We want to see change in the community. So if you really take the time to put into a place an evaluation plan, and believe me, this does not have to take that long, all right? Then the project will hit fewer bumps. It's actually going to save you on time. And you're going to keep moving on with everyone clear on this goal. It will not become raising money for the sake of raising money, but raising money to make real lasting change in people's lives and in your community. So for an example, just as Gayla I was talking about, like we just said, oh, you know, we want to raise money um, to bring out Vanessa Williams. Like that's not a fundraiser for a nonprofit anymore, right? We're actually raising money so uh, we can, yes, that's, that's a part of our expenses, but at the same time, it's to bring awareness and what projects are we actually developing, right? So we're not just going to have events to to raise a kind of abstract money for the organization or the nonprofit. And sure, you do need overhead. You need program expenses. I totally get that. And that's what you can do uh, when you're not going after grant money because so many grant money doesn't actually go to that. But at the same time, you really want to be clear on what your projects are. And you're not going to be really clear on your projects if you don't have a valuation plan in place to actually evaluate how the projects are actually going to work or have change in your community. All right, so the evaluation plan unveiled. How do you create an evaluation plan? All right, so how do you actually even do this? Well, first you need to know what your desired outcomes are for the project. For example, in the last podcast, we had the example from the perspective of a nonprofit organization that serves individuals with substance abuse disorders. We will call this nonprofit Recover with Strength. So Recovery with Strength conducted a needs and strengths assessment and found that a major barrier for their beneficiaries or people in recovery that they served was that they did not have transportation to get to the services that Recover with uh, Strength offers, coupled with the fact that there is a high poverty and unemployment rate for many of the beneficiaries. All right, so they're kind of having like these two issues going on simultaneously, but it's, it's important to understand 
the complex nature that your beneficiaries have or the gaps in your community. Recover with strength, man, that's hard to say, like fast, <laughs> then came up with an Uber-like project where they would secure a vehicle and the drivers would be selected beneficiaries. So their beneficiaries would serve their beneficiaries. Do you get that? Like, so they would meet two needs at once, providing jobs and providing access. So their drivers would actually be maybe long-term beneficiaries that have, you know, a high rate of sobriety. They would be driving the other beneficiaries that needed access to reach those services. So at the same time, they're providing kind of two benefits to two different populations of their beneficiaries, which is pretty cool. But to do this, they first need to source other funding to help subsidize the fees associated with securing rides to pay the drivers. Um, sure, there are other drivers, we, they could even expand it and say, we're not just going to serve beneficiaries picking up them, but we're also going to, you know, service anyone who needs a ride and really get involved in that. So that would be cool too, another way to raise money. But basically they had to outline how much money, resources, manpower, people, and time it would take to make this project come to fruition in different ways. For example, approaching auto companies to donate a vehicle, right? They need to, hey, let's get our, how are we going to get the ride first? So let's try to get a vehicle. Or they could go after grants for a vehicle and the project costs. Or they could do fundraising or a combination of all three of these things, right? To actually get the project going. This is great, but it still doesn't address the outputs and outcomes. What are those fancy words that sound exactly the same, all right? All right, here we go into that. We're going to break this down because I know you're going to be outcomes, outputs. What, Holly? What are you talking about? (laughs) So why you need to be specific. What are the specific outcomes desired for this project? This is something to identify even before you go after the funding. As grants and corporations, and even at times the general public who donates, would like to know the true impact of what their funding will accomplish. Just saying we will get a vehicle to help provide services isn't enough these days. All right, competing for funding in any of these streams is competitive, and let's face it, with the transparency of the internet and social media, there is more more focus on whether nonprofit programs are really making a difference and how much funding is realized by the beneficiaries, right? It's not just, let's raise money to raise money anymore. So previous evaluation measures focus strictly on how much money was spent, the number of people served, and on beneficiary satisfaction. Of course, this is all important to include, but it will also give you the edge of running a better project and being more competitive for funding if you look at the impact on your beneficiaries and the larger connection to the community. What does this look like? All right, it doesn't have to be a logic model, although if you are, you know, some grants do require logic models and you will have to build those. We're not going to go into the logic model on this uh, podcast, but there will be some components that you can implement into logic models from this. Okay, before you go, what are you doing? talking about. All right, let's just go ahead and explain the main three things that we're going to be looking at, okay? Inputs, outputs, outcomes. Inputs, what you need. So inputs is just a fancy word of saying what you need. And we've already discussed these are the resources, manpower, money, and time. That was in the previous podcast number 22. So if you haven't heard that one and you're interested more in what inputs actually mean, go ahead and take a gander at that one. Um, these are what you need. And sometimes what you might hear the input, what you hear the term inputs is basically what that word is referring to, what you need to make it happen. So if you rolled up everything we talked about last time, those are basically the inputs. And just to refresh it, those are the resources, the manpower, the money, and the time, right? Those could be partners. That could include what kind of partners you have involved, what MOUs you have developed, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So outputs, the pure data, the difference between inputs and outputs. 
So let's look at the outputs, which, which is basically what results tangibly from the project, i.e. how many individuals in recovery are driven, how many services they attend, how many drivers of recovery with strength are hired, how many cars are purchased, and so forth. These are basic outputs, and they only track quantitative means of measurements of numbers, like how many nonprofits only track those outcomes and say they reach their goals, all right? So many people, they just go with this. Okay, we served 100 people, 12 people drove the cars, 100 people got to services, there were 300 services that were accessed, you know, two cars were purchased, etc., right? But let's take it a step further, outcomes. Now, this is where you're going, inputs, outputs, outcomes. Ah, it's like... um. <laughs> It's like a name of a song. Okay, so anyways, um, outcomes, the real meat. These are actual impacts, benefits, changes for beneficiaries during or after your project. How does this look different than outputs? Well, let's say at the Uber-like project for Recover with Strength, the output is 100 beneficiaries will get driven to services annually. Boom. Now the outcome would be 75% or 75 out of the 100 beneficiaries will remain sober annually. Outcomes are what the changes are for the beneficiaries or the community. And these can also include knowledge and skills. These might be short term. So for an example, 75 individuals in recovery, beneficiaries, right, increase their knowledge by 50% of coping skills and relationship skills. So that would be knowledge and skills. These would be changes that they actually, you know, have in their lives and that occur. Now, an intermediate term might be behavior. So this would be where the 75 beneficiaries remain sober for one year. And then the long-term approach could be values, conditions, and status. So we could say 25 beneficiaries volunteer as drivers for other peers after 12 months or after 24 months or however you wanted to do that. But you just have to make sure that it's you have time in there. We're going to talk about targets in just a second. But you can see the difference between just actually accessing services and then having real change happen in their life. All of a sudden, they're increasing their skills. They're remaining sober. They're now volunteering. So, you know, they're having more income in their lives. All of these kind of things are happening because of the project. So they're actually outcomes. Um, the output isn't, uh, you know, the output's a little bit more direct. Just we're going to serve X number of people. But the outcomes are really what is the real change? By having this and knowing this before you even start your project, you will be very clear and dedicated to your cause. And you'll, you know, it's not, you're not going to become sidetracked by other things because you're going to know what real change you want to see in the community. All right, so targets. How much change? Outcomes do have to be quantifiable or measured. It's nice to say that recover with strength individuals served will maintain sobriety. But if you notice the example was that 75% or 75 individuals of the 100 served annually would remain sober. Why not 100%? Well, realistically, it is near impossible to reach 100% of outcome success with each project. The reason you have projects in the first place is to fill a gap and to meet the need. Therefore, there are probably many predictors in attrition rates. So it is fine to acknowledge that you may not reach 100%. And attrition, that's basically it. You're not going to reach the full amount because of other factors. Don't get me wrong. You can absolutely overshoot your success rate and you won't always see attrition. All right, so sometimes you may you might say uh, 100% and you reach 125. You know, that's fine. More people come into the program than you expected. But when you're actually developing the project, 
So say that at the end of the first year, 85 people maintained sobriety. That is excellent, you know, instead of your 75. But it would be worse if you said 100 people would remain sober and then only 85 did. Of course, attrition rates should be considered for every demographic and could even be for a ballet project for seven-year-olds. If you said that 57-year-olds would increase their skills by the end of year one, their ballet skills, right, by the end of year one, and you're serving 50 kids, you are setting yourself up for failure. The reality is that five might move away, three may drop out because they decided that ballet looks cooler in the movies and is harder in reality, four of them, my daughter, she, I don't really like ballet, okay, four of them end up resigning because their parents start working crazy hours and don't have the time to drop them off, and so forth. Whenever you put together a project, there are challenges, so it is very important to really make realistic goals of how much change will happen. If you say 100% all the time and you're looking at all these other barriers, right, the reason you even have a project is usually to meet a need or to fill a gap for nonprofits, right? So there's going to be variables and there's going to be challenges. So attrition rates are absolutely normal. And actually a lot of funding sources like when you include attrition rates because they realize that they know that there's going to be attrition and you're addressing that. So you're coming up with a contingency plan already in this planning like it's amazing and they'll actually go man they really know their population and they're already looking out for contingencies so you're probably going to succeed more than other organizations just because you're looking at reality and you're already setting up your evaluation plans boom so there you go (laughs) all right so data tracker okay now that you have identified your project accounted for time money manpower quote-unquote inputs needed for it you know what the outputs are you know what the outcomes are so you know what the outputs you know what's strictly going to be measured in numbers and you also know what the outcomes what is a real change going to be made you have to see how you will track all this data all right so now that you're saying okay we're going to set these things up we're going to these are our goals these numbers 75 percent you know are going to reach this 50 percent are going to reach that etc how are you going to track all this all right it doesn't have to include a crazy expensive software system or hiring a 30,000 dollar consultant to give you end results of n over 398 that make no trifecta sense at all but it is important to not only identify what information and changes that you expect but how your nonprofit will collect the information and before i make your head explode we are going to save that for next podcast which i promise you will be next week and it won't be two three weeks from now so anyways we will be going over data tracking in the next one but i hope that you really understand now that As you're laying your projects out, there is a lot of planning. This whole quarter, actually, of podcasts, yeah, the entire quarter from the 1st of Jan has really been all about strategic planning and getting you set up. So it is planning. All right, guys, there's so much planning to be made when you're organizing. You can apply all of this stuff to grants. You can apply it to your corporate um, fundraising strategies. You can apply it to crowd funders. You can apply this in any way or just even fundraising. You know, you're going to go out there and do car washes to make fundraising, whatever, to get money for your um, nonprofit. But you need to know what your projects are. You need to know what the needs are in your community. And you need to know how to evaluate, how to track your data. And it does not have to be complicated. All right. It's very clear. And, you know, we just want to get a vehicle to, you know, we did our needs assessment. So we asked some questions. We did some surveys. We, you know, we had 10 questions we asked our beneficiaries. A needs and strengths assessment, it sounds fancy, but it's so simple. I mean, you could do it even on a post on Facebook. I mean, you could come up with some data. I mean, it's so 
just simplify everything that you can to really get your information. But you have to do it to meet your target. Who's your target beneficiaries? Who are the people you're actually serving? Where are they hanging out? How can you get the information from them? And then develop your projects. What really makes sense? What's the low-hanging fruit? What can you go after? But will also make the biggest impact and the biggest change for your community. All right, guys, so we will talk about data tracking next time. As always, if you have any questions, hollywego at gmail.com. You can reach out to me. Also, check out uh, wegogrants.com. we got some cool stuff coming up on the website. Yeah, we have some. We have an online grant writing course, uh, best-selling, Amazon best-selling book you can buy for grant writing. We've got all sorts of things to look at. So please check us out, and I hope to see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. As always, please feel free to send me an email if you have any grant writing or funding questions to hollywego at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the grant writing and funding podcast, then I would love to ask you a favor. Please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening and go get funded.